fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolf Pack. It is your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, rotostreetjournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves. You can find me personally at Roto Street Wolf here with the second to last episode of the Fantasy Football Monday Market Check, where we recap all the action, give you your waiver wire, your risers, your fallers, any injuries you need to know. Make sure you have all the crucial takeaways heading into your fantasy football semifinals, folks. Yes, hell yes, we are there. It is time. Four teams left. Are you going to take down the title? I'll give you all the names you need to know that have risen up the board, that have fallen, and of course, heading into it, you need to know who to pick up. Uh, so some big stuff to cover. Let me know if you're still in a battle tonight, what you need heading into this Monday night football game. Thank God I secured mine. Smacked around Tanzella, so that felt fantastic. Uh, couldn't be more pumped. My man Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, really came down and layered the wood. So let me know in the comments who came up big for you in week 14 or who fucked you over that you really would love to spit in their face. Comment on in. Let me know any questions you have. Let me know what you need for tonight, and I'll let you know what I think of your chances. But here we go. Let's cover the names you got to know coming into week 14. The biggest riser, in my opinion, Raheem Mostert locks down that lead running back role in the league's run-heaviest attack with the 49ers. Holy hell, the guy is a fantasy RB1, dare I say it? My God, 10 carries, 69 yards, and a score, plus another 40 yards and a second touchdown through the air. A monstrous 25-point uh, day. But the big thing is, over the last two weeks, is the fact that this guy, Mostert, has locked down the lead role. 42 snaps in week four. Uh, week 13, that was 74%, gets 21 touches, 23 and a half fantasy points, the RB5, into Tevin Coleman, who only had 10, which was 18% of the snaps, six touches, two and a half, even a bigger disparity this last week. Even with Brita returning, Mostert remains that lead horse, getting 40 snaps, 60% of them, uh, 12 touches, 25 points, running back four for the week. So he's been the running back five, running back four across your last two weeks, the running back two in that span when you combine the point totals behind only James White. You got Matt Breida coming back, only 12 snaps, 18%, 7 touches, 6.8, the running back, 44. And Coleman, a distant third, 10 snaps, only 3 touches, doesn't touch the field after the third quarter, gets completely stuffed. He got .6, thanks Coleman, uh, an awful outing, but ultimately Raheem Mostert, all those stats just to tell you, this guy is the lead dog for the 49ers. What an absolute monster that could be because you know me, I love that Shanahan zone blocking scheme. It makes me me hard, it makes me horny, and Mostert looks like he is gliding. They said gliding on ice, the way the, the, the announcers described it, because those holes were so gaping, and he hits them perfectly. Such great vision and acceleration. Perfect for your final. So hopefully you scooped him up last week. If not, he's still 50%, so out there in about half a leagues, this guy could be a top 10 running back moving forward. These next two gets a decent matchup against Atlanta, who just surrendered, of course, McCaffrey, 19 points. And then a, a more intimidating matchup with the Rams, but still a solid spot. So Mostert, what an absolute beast. Thanks so much. It looks like we got some of our regulars, Jeremiah, Daniel. Did Benny Snell fuck you over completely? Did you still make it? More. Why'd you have Breeze on the bench? Who was the other option? Who'd you sit him down for? Let me know. Did you still make your semis? Let me know, Jeremiah. I hope to God you're there. Uh, please tell me that you made it. And Jimmy, great to see you. You won them. Oh, fuck yeah, Jimmy. That's what we say. Top four, baby. Let's go. Semifinals. So pumped to hear it. And a guy that might have carried you there. A guy who has been dominating Ryan Tannehill. Now, you've probably heard this stat from me, but it's worth reiterating time and time again. Since week seven, since this guy took over the starting role, only Lamar Jackson has more points per game at quarterback 
Yes, only Lamar Jackson. This is the quarterback two since he became the starter, Ryan Tannehill. And all the ships are rising with him. The Titans actually are second in the NFL since Tannehill took over in terms of total scoring. 31.4 points per game with this guy at quarterback. They've won six of their seven games. They're now in a dogfight with Houston to potentially win that division or at least secure a wild card. The Titans are the hottest team in the NFL. And somehow, Ryan Tannehill, of all fucking people is the one leading the charge. You would never in a million years, you could have given me a million bucks, I would never have predicted that come in the preseason. But here we are, the guy's ripping it up. We've been telling you for weeks he's going to be a playoff stretch run hero, and he starts it off right on cue. 391 yards and three scores to go with an interception, but damn, he laid that motherfucker out afterwards. The hot stretch continues, and he's now going to get a Houston secondary even worse than the Raiders, even more points allowed, and what a humongous game that is. So expect more and more points to continue rolling in, and all the ships are rising with him. We're going to talk about A.J. Brown, 14th in points per game since Tannehill took over. We're going to talk about Derrick Henry, the RB2 behind only Christian McCaffrey, and that's in PPR leagues. Holy hell, the Titans are red scorching hot. It's insane, and Tannehill is the one leading the charge. You can't have him on your bench, I think, at this point. Let me know who you might have to start him over, um, and keep me posted on that. Keep the questions coming in, guys. Any likes are always appreciated. It helps the discoverability out, so if you're tuning in, I'll be a little slut and beg you for a like, or even more so, a share to your audience, to any fantasy football groups you're in. It helps us grow tremendously, uh, and it's greatly appreciated over these last couple weeks. Uh, Hopefully, we've helped you out, and we definitely would appreciate anything from you guys that you're willing to offer us. Third on this list, though, and arguably the best game, definitely the best game of the year and one of the best I've ever seen, the 49ers versus the Saints. We correctly predicted, Rich Zeno's got to shout you out, that this game was going to be a shootout style despite some quality defenses. We knew that that playoff style feel even more of a shootout than I would have ever expected. And we saw those 49 receivers really come to life. Specifically, Emmanuel Sanders goes 157 in a score and also throws a 35-yard touchdown to the aforementioned Raheem Mostert. I had him very low in my rankings. If you asked me, I probably would have told you to bench Sanders. Hopefully you were smarter than who I would have been. But I would have definitely told you, keep Debo Samuel in there. Hall's in 5 for 76, gets another 33 on the ground. The guy remains one of the best after contact that I've ever seen right now in the NFL. Certainly as a rookie, breaks tackle after tackle every time he catches the rock. Uh, and so both guys locked in the lineups moving forward. I get the Rams week 16 a little scary, but next week you get a nice matchup against the Falcons. A real juicy spot for these guys to like it up. Uh, so humongous fan of both Sanders and Debo Samuel moving into the West, especially Samuel too. He hasn't been under 15 fantasy points uh, since he you know, really took over, since the bye week there. So I love Debo, love Emmanuel. These guys could carry you to title town. Week 15, an awesome spot to use them. A guy who's definitely carrying people to title town after looking like he was going to be the bust of the year. Joe Mixon, Saving the best for last, folks, and, and making up for everything. If you somehow made the playoffs with Mixon, he made it all up to you. You're probably, you know, in, in glee. Me and my brother both drafted him. We were fucking ecstatic at the stat line we saw. 23 carries, season high. 146 yards, season high. Gets the score. He's now got a touchdown in three out of his first four. Uh, three of the last four games on the ground after not scoring a rushing touchdown for three, you know, the entire first 10 weeks of the season. Over that span since their week nine by this guy's the running back three. More points than Dalvin Cook in that span. Only Henry and McCaffrey have more points over uh, since week 10 than Joe Mixon. The guy has lit it up. He's averaging over 16 points per game for you. Now, he gets the Patriots coming up this week. Obviously, that's intimidating, but I don't know that you could ever bench Mixon. You have to have some real great options. Now, granted, I, I mean, I got Mostert now. I have, Bre- uh, not Breida. I got Mostert. I've got uh, Aaron Jones. And then I've also got Marlon Mack. So I've got to bench Mixon or one of those other three. Probably going to be Marlon Mack, the way this guy's rolling. So shout out to Mixon. Sending you my love. I know you're tuned in live here, my dude. Uh, but holy hell, I shit on you enough. I got to shout you out. This guy has been a monster. Another second round running back too. And we're going to get to your comments, your questions. Uh, but another guy that's been lighting it up, that's Todd Gurley. Now the reason I really wanted to bring him up is Sean McVay promised just a few weeks ago, we're going to start ramping this guy's work up. It's time for the stretch run. No more reason to keep this guy on ice. Let's get him going. 
and he's done nothing except light it up. 28 touches in Week 11 since that promise was made. 20.3 points per game. The running back 5 that week. Had a complete dud Week 12. Baltimore shut his ass down. 6 touches, 4.9. But then other than that, Week 13, 20 touches, 18.5. The running back 10. And this last week, 27 touches, 21.3 points per game. Uh, fantasy points. Running back 9 in that span. Gurley is back, folks. McVay is keeping good on his word to ride him down the stretch. And you got a decent little schedule here uh, for Gurley. I expect that beyond just the the work, he looks vintage. He was stiff-arming people, elusive as he's ever been. Uh, So really great performance from Todd Gurley. Looks like the guy you were expecting is your round two selection. He's been a top 10 running back in three of these last four weeks. And I expect him to continue to be a top 10 back. So lock him back in the last. If you had ever had any worries about Gurley, he is lighting that shit up. So he looks fantastic. And one last running back I wanted to mention. Uh, specifically because of his schedule moving forward. That's Philip Lindsay, who could truly be a dominant force in these last two weeks if you own him. He gets 16 carries, 51 yards, and the score had a touchdown also called back in the receiving game. So it could have been an even more monstrous game there. But what I really love to see is how much he is out-touching Royce Freeman. Since, you know, about four weeks ago, the coach came out and said, this is going to be the Lindsay show. We're going to start riding him. He's now out-carried Royce, 62 carries to 23, nearly tripled up the production of Royce Freeman. Obviously the better back. We've always been saying that, but it's now clear he's by far and away the number one runner here. And he gets, wait for it, Kansas City this week, the number two in terms of most points allowed, and then Detroit, the third most points allowed, two running backs. So two complete blow-up spots for Philip Lindsay as he takes over this backfield. You'd have to have some great options to not have Lindsay locked into your lineup. Moving forward, another major riser of the week. Let's see what else we got here from you guys. I'll pull up the fallers, uh, but I want to make sure to get to any questions, comments. Just love to interact. That's why we do this on Mondays live to hear from you guys. So comes down to tonight. Got for Barkley. Uh, he has Goddard and Elliott. We're tied. So you have Barkley. He has Jake Elliott and Goddard. So you're going to need your you know, your first rounder, Daniel, to be the first rounder you were expecting. Eagles are not the easiest of matchups, but Barkley, for whatever reason, has performed better when Eli's in there. So whew. why, Jeremiah, why the fuck did you put Kyle Allen in over Breeze? Why would you do that? Did you ask us? Because I would never have endorsed that shit. Oh, where were you Sunday morning, my friend? Carrying all the, ch- the chairs at church, not coming in to uh, get your questions answered. Damn it, dude. Come on now. My most consistent receiver has been your boy Edelman. That's my fucking dude. Almost had another touchdown. Uh, could have been a monster performance and still a great game for him, Jimmy. Let's hope those Patriots continue to light it up down the stretch. He's really the only weapon we have, so I expect him to just to continue to be that offensive heartbeat for you. It's my bye week, but total playoff points matter. So yeah, I guess that's good you had the bye at least, Jeremiah. You could probably hate Cut Lockett. I mean, it depends on who you have. Other than that, I wouldn't just send him for no reason because someone will pick him up. He'll get a revenge game in against you. You got, you know, a couple decent matchups for him down the stretch here. I wouldn't hate Cut. If it feels that cathartic for you, go for it. I love a good hate cut as much as anybody. Uh, So if it's going to save you some, you know, some sleep there, then go for it. Uh, Jeremiah, same. Uh, so one of my best weeks of my season out of the playoffs. That's how it always fucking goes, Tunes. Your biggest game is, of course, when you're not in it. I apologize to hear that. Uh, I've heard you know five, ten other people write in and share that with us. Just so fucking, oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, trust Derek Henry. Derek Hale, welcome in. Gets the top fan badge already after year one with us. Uh, Devin Singletary against the Steelers. I mean, he got it done against the Ravens. The, the complete engine of that backfield. Now, Frank Gore, d- distant second. I think, what was it, 20 touches this week? Over 120. I mean, it was a, a season high in snap, sharing touches. The guy lit it up. Uh, definitely was next on the list for risers, Derek. So could you? Sure. Now, it is one of the toughest D-lines. I'd like to know who your other options are, but potentially, yes. Pick one, Ertz, Shepard, Aguilar, or Slate. Need 20 from my flex. Oh, shit, Jose. That is a tough spot to put me in. Aguilar's not playing, so we can rule him out. It's unfortunate you can't have Alshon because he's my favorite weapon tonight. I'm going to recommend Ertz there. Uh, I mean, the Giants are somehow very good against tight ends, but that's just, you know, with Aguilar out, it's going to be the Alshon-Ertz show. I don't know if I could trust Shepard or Slayton with Eli coming back in. A cold Eli has no real rapport with Slayton and Shepard. Maybe it comes down to Ertz or Shepard for me. I'm going to go with the tough guy. I'm going to go Ertz uh, and go with my tight end there. 
Um, but that is a really tough one. It looks like Jeremiah is recommending Shepard. That, that is tricky. Uh, Derek Hale, if Lamar doesn't play Thursday, who do you like? Oh, God, if he didn't play, I'm facing him. If I you know, I made the semis, that's the guy who had the bye. I would love it if he just decides to sit. For the love of God, Lamar, do it for me. Or just play, be limited, get taken out after the first half. Like This could be the season changer for me. Um, but if he doesn't play, Derek, I don't mean to root against your team. Uh, Jimmy G obviously just lit it up, but he needs that shootout style. And against Atlanta, he could get it. So I really like him. Trubisky, I mean, 30-point day. I don't know who he even has because I don't ever look at you know Trubisky. I still could never trust him. I think Jimmy G's probably my favorite of this list, Derek. Tune in tomorrow. You know I'll be doing my ranking show, so I'll have a little more time to dig into the matchups to see what the calendar looks like there for you. Uh, but the gut screams right now probably Jimmy G uh, based on the matchups that I, I, I know off the top of my head that Atlanta one should be ju- juicy. Giuseppe. Glad to get you that mixing call right at the, the, the last whistle, right before it blows. We got that one in for you, and I'm so pumped uh, to hear you going on the semis. Uh, Derek, who do you like the most down the stretch, Lindsey, Singletary, or Monty? I have all three and can't decide who to use behind Henry and Jones. So you got yourself beasts running backs there. Uh, I got to go Lindsey just with the schedule. Singletary, Steelers, one of the toughest for running backs, and I, I believe Week 16 uh, – it might be the Patriots, another brutal matchup there. So really tough schedule for Singletary despite the fact he's balling. Give me those two easy weeks for Lindsay. Let's talk about some fallers real quick, and I'll get back to your questions, comments. Keep them coming in. I love to see you guys here for the last couple weeks. I can't believe it, but let's get those titles. And it starts with dropping. Everyone on this list other than the last name that you see, Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying you drop Kamara, but the rest of these guys, I wanted to highlight fallers that you can clear off out of your bench, get a handcuff, get a second defense just to prepare for week 16. I know you got to win, but still, it never hurts to be forward thinking here. And these are some names you can cut. We mentioned why Mostert, one of the biggest rises of the week, will end his rise. That sends Tevin Coleman just tumbling down to cut territory. I would absolutely get rid of the sickening product at this point. Gets three carries, six pathetic yards, not even a target in the passing game, wasn't even heard of after failing to convert a third and one, losing three yards. The guy is pathetic at this point. His snap total has gone down from 18 to 10 touches, as we just said, six to three. And it's the Mostert show at this point. So Coleman, send him to your waiver wire, free up the the bench spot. And again, you never know when Shanahan's just flip it on its head, but to me, it really looks like Mostert's locked in at this point, and Brito would be the clear second fiddle here. Uh, next up in the cut list, Tyrell Williams, his third straight, or seventh straight game, rather, uh, under se- uh, four receptions. Ridiculous there. Just kind of only has buoyed his value when he gets that random touchdown score, and we haven't been seeing it come in nearly as often. I think this is what, his fourth scoreless one. He's under 50 receiving yards on the year. There is just no consistency with this guy. Uh, I get that he's the number one of a an offense that needs to chuck. They have a fairly easy schedule down the stretch, especially for running backs. I couldn't put Tyrell Williams in my lineup, so if you need to cut him for, let's say, you know, an A.J. Brown, please go and do that immediately. You can send him packing. Another guy you can cut, Jamison Crowder. If he can't get it done against Miami, the worst slot cornerback in the league, when the fuck is he going to get it done? Three catches, 30 yards. That's his third straight complete and utter pathetic dud. Ugh disgusting. Get rid of him. Send a message to the locker room. It's no more fucking shitting around. I mean, I don't want to give myself all the credit here, but I cut David Johnson last week. Mixon, Aaron Jones both respond with 25 plus this week. Send a message to the locker room. Get the boys fired up. You can't have pathetic losers like Crowder on here. It's time to get rid of these bags of shit. So send Crowder packing. Get rid of him. Another wide receiver to get right on his way. Curtis fucking Samuel. Ugh, disgusting. Pathetic. Gets a blow up spot against the Falcons. So probably was in some of your lineups. And what does he do? Two catches, 25 yards. Oh, abysmal, abysmal output. Uh, A a bad, awful defense in a dome and still doesn't get it done. I cut him three weeks ago. I've been telling you guys to cut him forever. Uh, Ultimately, you know, if you still have him after this game and you somehow survived, you got to get rid of this disgusting ass. It's all about, again, sending a message to the playoffs. And then, you know, another huge name, a fourth rounder in a lot of leagues, Sony Michelle. 
Just like Curtis Samuel, if you're not going to get it done against Kansas City, he gets friggin' eight yards on five carries, one catch for nice, robust one yard. Thanks, Sony. What a great effort. I really appreciate that. Uh, on one target, a pathetic, meager 1.8 in your fantasy playoffs against the team giving up the second most points to running back. So fucking pathetic. It's unbelievable. Uh, so Sony Michelle, at this point, what's the point of holding on to him? I guess because they get Cincinnati, you don't want to nest. Maybe you hold him so your opponent doesn't pick him up, and he just has that you know disgusting two TD day against a bad defense like Cincy. Uh, the game flow will be better there than it would be against the Chiefs. Even still, though, uh, that's so, so disgusting, just fucking pathetic. It makes me sick as a Patriots fan. I was there. The guy is a slug running the ball. Great first-round pick over fucking Lamar Jackson. And then last but not least, Alvin Kamara. I just had to shout him out because of how fucking abysmal he has been. If you took him one overall, at my advice to my deepest apologies, especially the way Christian McCaffrey's been ripping up. Now, granted, Kamara, the RB9 on the year, uh, I get it, but just lays a complete egg when you need him the most in the playoffs. 25 yards uh, and 13 carries, less than two yards per pop, folks, and 18 yards on four catches, six targets, a pathetic output there. Uh, just a pathetic day overall. Gets Indy the 27th, so another tough matchup coming up, and then Tennessee the 15th. You're probably not benching Kamara if you somehow survived here. The usage is still there, but Latavius Murray is severely outplaying him. He's getting the short yardage looks, and it just fucking blows. So again, I just wanted to put him on here to give you my sincerest apologies if you took this guy over Christian McCaffrey at my recommendation. Send me a slap, send me a spit, whatever the fuck you want to. That was one of our worst calls is Kamara being your locked-in number one. Let's get back to your questions, folks. I'm going to pull up the penny stocks, your waiver wire to look for. We're going to run down the actionable stuff in a second, but we got some good questions coming in here. Giuseppe asking, you think Parker and Chark play this week? We'll get to injuries in a second. It seems like Chark has a much less shot uh, compared to Parker. He's labeled week to week and with really nothing to play for, and he's being one of the lone bright spots in the season. Why force him out here? Why force re-aggravating it? More injury potential. You know, not a fan of Chark. Uh, getting suited up again the rest of the year. Now, Parker, a different story. Concussion could clear protocol, and he's got the right matchup for it. Uh, the right the right stretch run, really, all over the place. Uh, you have the Giants next week, the second most points to wide receiver. So if he plays, obviously you're locking him into lineups. But concussion protocol can be risky. There's really no immediate fill-in for him right off the, the Dolphins. Some loser stepped up. I forget his name. I'll have to look it up for you guys again. Uh, but ultimately... Yeah, he, to me, he seems like the better bet, Giuseppe, to end up playing this week. Again, those of you tuned in, if you don't mind throwing us a like if you haven't already tossed it on there. Uh, if you don't follow us at the Roto Street Journal, follow the page, follow the website, rotostreetjournal.com, especially download the app, the cleanest way to consume all our content. Any shares, of course, are so appreciated to help us discover a bigger audience. So thanks so much, guys, for tuning in and joining me on your Monday. Let's continue catching up on your question. Omar, my guy, great to see you. Uh, we've missed you too, my friend. About to sweat it out tonight, down 151, 8 to 189. You have Wentz, Jeffrey, and Goddard. So you need a humongous uh, passing game from Wentz here. I love the Jeffrey connection. You got Aguilar out, so you got multiple people. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very funneled target share. I think Jeffrey's going to light this pathetic cornerback crew up. Um, I think Wentz is going to pepper him because he really has no one else to go to. So, so Omar, I do like your chances. I think you're going to get about 20 from Wentz. I think about 15 of those points are also going to go to Jeffrey. So right there, you'd get yourself to, to 186. And now you just need Goddard to do you know four or five. It's a toss-up, but I really do think you end up getting it. You know, you never know if they get up big early and just take the air out of the ball. It could be trouble for you. It's I don't know what the you know you're projected for Yahoo or whatever you use. I would put this as truly a coin flip, but because I'm so high on Jeffrey tonight, Omar, I think you get it. Let's go. Let's get it, my fucking dude. I hope you end up winning that one. Uh Jose, my gut says Ertz, thanks. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh, why'd you sit Eckler for Snell? That's such a bad panic. Like I, I was high on Snell. But Eckler was even higher in the rankings. You got that Miles Jack out matchup with the Jags. Jose, you got to ask us before you do that shit. Let's go, Ertz, my friend. Let's go, Ertz. 
I hope he fucking gets it. What if we tie in the playoffs? There's got to be a, an already established tiebreaker. It might be, you know, quarterback points. Uh, it might be total points on the season. That would be something that your your commissioner would have already established. Never trust the New England run game. Totally agree, Jeremiah. Lamar Jackson, quad injury. Cry away, Patrick, but I'm facing him this week. I don't mean to be selfish, but it's about me, and I fucking would love Lamar Jackson to not play or to be at least limited. That would be humongous for my chances coming into this week. So praying that he either sits or he plays in his just reduced role. The best would be he plays, you know, chucks up some points in the, the first, you know, half, and they just bench him because why risk it when they're 15-point favorites against that awful, awful fucking team? Derek Hale, I have him and Henry, and they're both questionable. I'm boned if they don't play. Yeah, that would suck because, I mean, Henry has been an absolute steamroller uh, down the stretch. And now we got Giuseppe. With Chark injured, should I drop either... Chark or Geis for Pascal. I think you can drop Geis because ultimately he's already ruled out for this week. I wouldn't expect to see him again. And even if you do, you know, you can't rely on this guy at this point. Whereas Chark, if he plays, he's got an easy stretch run schedule. You might toss him back in there. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd drop Geis for Pascal. The schedule is not quite as juicy this week. Tampa Bay was by far the best spot to use him. But who else is out there, Giuseppe? Let's kind of get some names in there. We'll get you the best, most high upside guy to pick up. Ah, oh, Josh, great to see you, my dude. And I'm so happy you ended up rolling Higby. That, that ended up rolling pretty well. Do you have to continue to roll the dice with Lockett? I don't know, man. He's really being an asshole these last couple weeks. It depends on who your other options are. I know like Curtis Samuel is one of them, if I remember your team correctly. So I'm not playing Samuel over Lockett. But if you have the option to bench Lockett, you know, he was my wide receiver 30 this last week. So I had plenty of guys you could have played ahead of him, Pascal being one of them. Uh, so no, you don't have to play Lockett. Tomorrow I'll do my rankings. I'll let you know where he slides in. I, who do they have this this coming week? Carolina, who's going to get the James Bradbury treatment? You still, you know, more, he has more upside than most wide receivers out there. But since getting hurt, he really has taken a humongous dip from going to one of the most consistent guys to you know a complete headache. Uh, so so yeah, let me know who your other options are for sure. Alrighty, Robert. Denver scores 38, no love for Sutton. Yeah, what the hell? That's brutal. Uh, down 133-124 with me having Eagles D against Wentz. That is not good, Robert. Oh, one of my favorite Wolfpack fans. I'm sorry to hear that, Robert, but, I, you know, you never know. It's Eli, so he could throw two fucking pick sixes. They get up big early, and Wentz doesn't, you know, really have to chuck. But it does not look good, my friend. Uh Let's go. Thanks for the vote of con. You killed it. I, I appreciate that, Omar. Your kind words mean the world. Uh, and everybody that's tuned in, I, I greatly appreciate you guys joining me each and every week. I do it for y'all. Uh, I do it because I love it. And, and you guys are the best. Let's talk about some waiver wires here, folks. And starting with none other than AJ Brown. Now, you already heard me just completely blow. Ryan Tannehill, because the guy's a monster. Again, only Lamar Jackson has more points per game since Ryan Tannehill became a starter. The Titans are averaging 31.4 points per game since Tannehill took over. Derek Henry is the running back two in fantasy, and A.J. Brown, the wide receiver 14 since Tannehill took over. Now, granted, it's been very boomer bust. It's not like he's been just a steady every single week starter as a wide receiver 14 finish would suggest. But the booms are ridiculous. 153 yards and two scores on only five catches. His yards per reception are leading the league right now, A.J. Brown. And I just raved about Debo Samuel as a rookie. I've never seen anyone quite like him after the catch. A.J. Brown's not really that far off. If anything, he might even be better. Like, I, It's insane at what these two rookies are doing. The guy looks like a monster out there, too. I mean, friggin' shoulder pads, looks like a linebacker, and then blazes down the field. It's just absolutely insane what he does. Only 26% owned. Gets an even easier matchup this week against Houston. The 8th most points to wide receiver. I uh, got New Orleans coming up after that. The ninth most. If you need a wide receiver and you have any type of money left or you know, waiver priority, this guy is by far the number one ad at wide receiver for the week. Um, in addition to him, you could also look at Justin Watson, 0% owned, so almost guaranteed to be out there in your league. That's because Mike Evans goes down, very unlikely to play this week, maybe the rest of the season shut down. 
Watson's an athletic specimen, a complete freak show. Uh, and we saw some of that big body, five catches on eight targets, 59 yards and a score. And you know, everybody's going to be raving about him. He's that kind of Twitter groupthink style guy. But for good reason. The athleticism's there. The catch radius is there. The after the catch ability's all there. Uh, so Watson in this high power attack, assuming Winston's okay, we're going to cover that in a little bit. But assuming he's okay, uh, ultimately I think Watson could really get it done for you down the stretch. And last wide receiver to mention, Deontay Johnson, only 14% owned, catches six uh, balls on eight targets, 60 yards and a score, while also returning a uh, an um, incredible punt return there too. The guy is an athletic freak. The Steelers do it again. They find yet another insane mid-round wide receiver that's probably just going to go and be a pro bowler for multiple years on end. He looked great. He has been a, a freak talent all year. Now the quarterback play has obviously been lackluster. Duck just does enough. Duck chucks and I like it. Uh, so enough love for Deontay Johnson here. The matchup does get tough next week. Uh, squaring off against the Bills, one of the best pass defenses in the league. But if you're desperate at wide receiver, again, I look A.J. Brown far and away first. Justin Watson would be a better stream than Deontay Johnson, in my opinion. But those are three guys to look at. I did want to make sure to give this guy his own little segment here. DeAndre Washington lights it up. The fifth highest scoring running back this week. 53 yards and a score, as well as 43 yards on six catches. A PPR monster performance. And that was big. 20 touches as compared to nine for Richard. You expect maybe a near easy even split for these guys. Rashad's been such a heavy utilized pass catcher in his past, but Washington's the one that ends up getting more of the work, uh, definitely dominating the snap share as well. And right now, Josh Jacobs headed for an MRI on what he's called a fractured shoulder. Uh, and it's painful. It's all about gutting it out at this point, but they had nothing really to play for. This guy, Josh Jacobs, their centerpiece for the future. I don't know if they're going to risk, you know, really just damaging this guy heading into the offseason. I expect them to shut him down, let him heal, and you could get some monster games on the stretch here from DeAndre Washington, only 6% owned. He gets Jacksonville, who anybody watching this week, you could see that team is completely quit on the season. They don't want to tackle anybody. Uh, Allison Eckler had 200 yards on fucking 12 touches. Melvin Gordon scored. They're giving up the second most points now to running backs on the year after this pathetic output. They're the worst team in terms of DVOA uh, grades on the run. So it is just abysmal there in Jacksonville. DeAndre Washington would be in a smash spot this week as a flex option. And then you get the Chargers the next week. That's a top seven matchup as well. So DeAndre Washington has to be heavy on your radar if you're needy at running back, if you got some injuries. We've got a ton of them to cover. Uh, but check for him, only 6% owned. If you don't need a wide receiver and A.J. Brown's not there, empty the bank to get Washington. Some other running backs with not quite the upside, but a little more safety. Patrick Laird, 82% of the snaps this week as compared to only 18 for Miles Gaskin. Gets 15 carries. Doesn't do a whole lot with him. 48 yards, uh, but the volume was there in addition to four receptions for 38 yards. So an 18-touch day out there in 20% of the leagues, 82% of the snaps. You got to correct that, folks. I get that he's nothing special. You know, mini Peyton Hillis just plows forward and gets what's there and not much else. And what's there really isn't a whole hell of a lot when you're running behind the worst offensive line in the league. That all being said, the schedule is juicy. New York Giants have allowed the third most rushing touchdowns since he's given up the eighth most points to running back. So this guy does have a solid stretch run these last two weeks. And if he got it done, you know, serviceable 10 points against the Jets, who are giving up the lowest amount of rushing yards on the uh, all year, you know, the Bucks second on that stat, then if he can get it done, you know, meager 10 points there, he could truly be usable this last week. Now, other than him, you got the Redskins running backs because Geist gets knocked out. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But Adrian Peterson, 39% owned. He gets 20 carries, 76 yards, and a score. The old man just continues to grind it out. Uh, the fountain of youth. If only you know he could pass his health on to Darius Geis. What a shame how this guy continues to get hit uh, and injured each and every time he gets some work, each time he's ready to break out. It's another injury for the guy. Uh, but in addition to AP, it's a tough match against the Eagles. 
I don't love that streamer for next week, but you're going to get volume. You know, Bill Callahan has been just so run heavy since taking over. But in addition to him, especially with some pass catchers also dinged up, you got Chris Thompson, fresh off eight targets, seven catches for 43 in PPR leagues. That's 11 points. That's certainly serviceable. So if you get rewarded for receptions, uh, that's the way you attack the Eagles on the ground is through the, you know, using your passing bet backs on flares and screens. That's where they're susceptible. You run into the teeth of that D line and you're in for some trouble. So I could see Thompson, especially with the, the way that game is set up, being, you know, they get down early, they got to pepper him late, uh, especially if Paul Richardson and Trey Quinn remain out, and, you know, Geis is already ruled out, could be a smash spot for him. Other than that, we got some tight ends. If you're desperate, we got Higby, Thomas, Fant, and OJ Howard to shout out here. Uh, so four guys, you know, you lost Ryan Griffin, or uh, we got some other big injuries here at tight end. One guy I want, uh, these four guys, let's go down the list in terms of who I'd have first. Higby has to be number one. Back-to-back 100-yard days. Hits a whopping 11 targets, a, a team high, as well as 116 yards. Also a team high this week on seven catches. The matchup was ripe. Seattle, the matchup the week before was just as ripe, if not juicier, against Arizona, giving up the most points. But Dallas coming up this week, the 12th most points to tight ends. Nothing daunting about that. Of course, a ton depends on Everett's status. If he returns Higby, I couldn't trust him. It'd be tough to, you know, a committee here in this offense would be, you know, very risky to roll out. But if Everett sits yet again, Higby, only 21% owned, would be my priority play at tight end. Beyond him, uh, if he's not there, Noah Fant, 28% owned, dealing with a foot injury, but they're already saying uh, that he should be good to go. Nothing serious. They're expecting him to play. It's a minor, um, and he's not expected to miss any other time after you know getting carted off. Looked much worse than it totally ended up being. Uh, he's showing it all. He had a 48-yard catch and run, some great athleticism on that, a nice back shoulder catch, gets a touchdown, so 114 yards and a score. Now gets Kansas City giving up the fifth most points, two tight ends. This guy, him and Drew Locke have this nice rapport, this nice chemistry. The, the rookies are definitely forging that bond. I, I love that fan. You know, it's one of the steepest learning curves, that tight end position we don't usually see translate in year one. But these last few weeks, especially since Sanders has been traded, the volume's been there. The production has started to match it. He is so athletic, and I'm f- happy to see it finally click with a quarterback that can get him the rock. He would be my next option. After him, I really like Ian Thomas, partly because of the matchup. Getting that Seattle game, we just saw Higby light him up. Uh, Thomas, if Olsen sits, only 1% on. So he's out there for you. He gets 10, a whopping 10 targets. Hauls in five of them for 57 yards and a score. It was only 2,500 DraftKings. We said hammer that play all day. Hopefully you did because that was a huge points per dollar feast right there. But he gets that Seattle matchup. Uh, this is not a committee. He played 86% of the snaps. I know the coach was saying we're going to you know, use a rotation here. Not at all. 10 targets, 86% of the snaps, uh, and only 1% owned. The guy was a workhorse at tight end, a huge body, a big red zone target for Kyle Allen. So he's another matchup problem there, Ian Thomas. And last but not least, O.J. Howard, with Mike Evans now banged up, could ascend to that number two role. We saw Cameron Brake catch the score this week, but Howard, four catches on five targets and 73 yards. Not bad. Uh, so whenever he gets the looks, he ends up doing something with it. He's got that field stretching ability. He's got that after the catch ability. And maybe, just maybe, against Detroit, which Winston should bomb them, maybe he finds the end zone, gets you another 70 to 80 yards, only 32% owned. Those are four tight ends if you're having some woes at the position. Uh, so I'm going to pull up the injury menu, but I want to hit any questions and comments we've gotten in since covering all this. So here's some names that we'll cover. A few more not on that list we have to t- talk about too. Uh, so Derek Hale, tough question. How big of a bump would you give running backs and flex rankings and a half carry? Uh, it's a huge bump. I almost always want to start three running backs anyways, but if I'm getting a half point per carry, that is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I, I absolutely love 
um, you know, getting a third running back in there. You almost have to in that type of scoring, Derek. <laughs> oh my, I love this comment. AJ Brown looks like that football robot that used to be a graphic on Fox. That is probably the most accurate comparison I think I've ever seen. Just a monster storming down the field. I'll tell you this. I am going to own that guy in literally every single draft next year. I absolutely love him. Is Eli going to go off tonight? James Smith asks. No fucking way. It's Eli Manning. You know who's going to go off? Philly defense, Carson Wentz, and Alshon Jeffrey. Those are the plays. i, I got to get my captain league ready. I haven't actually even checked it yet. Holy shit. Uh, don't have much time here. So let me rip through these injuries and try to get my, my captain's lineup in uh, for DraftKings. Kickoff's about to happen. So seven minutes. Let's rip through it. Get me all your questions, though, in the meantime, too. Calvin Ridley. Done for the year with his abdomen injury. Announced it on Instagram today. Kind of cuts it off right as he gets hot, right as he starts to to peak, really. It ends up, you know, he gets cut short, which sucks because they got a decent schedule down the stretch. What does it mean for the rest of the team? Maybe more targets for Julio Jones. um, Maybe some more for Austin Hooper, who returned to a dud. But now he gets a a more volume, more target share there. Uh, It's Calvin Ridley. Tough for him to go out. A little bit of hit to, to Matt Ryan as well to lose one of his best weapons. The guy had just been ripping it to shreds. But he'll be right back into that top 25 wide receiver conversation entering next season. A couple guys that seem to dodge some injuries, one being Pat Mahomes. Had a, a dinged up hand, but after getting x-rays, just no break was confirmed. It's bruised up, said Andy Reid, but no break. Uh, so he is expected to play. Now, Granted, Reid did say, I altered my play calling in the second half with more shallow crosses, uh, leaned on the run game a bit more. Now, with a tough matchup coming up here uh, against Denver, it's tough to sit Mahomes ever, but I said this a couple weeks ago, it's not unthinkable against, you know, New England. The guy hasn't had 20 points in, you know, four weeks at this point. Maybe you sit Mahomes. If you had Tannehill, dare I say I'd rather start Ryan Tannehill than Pat Mahomes. What fucking world do we live in, folks? This is fantasy football in 2019. I'd rather have Tannehill in my lineup than Pat Mahomes this coming week. That's fucking psychotic, and it's true. With that injury, with the the more conservative play calling and a tough matchup against Denver, I'm nervous about Pat Mahomes this week, despite the fact that he'll be playing. Now, in addition, Winston, nice spelling there, Winston, uh, they're optimistic that he's going to be okay. He came back in and led you know, his Mona Lisa there, the best game we've seen out of Jameis Winston, over 450 yards, four touchdowns, an absolute beast this week despite three interceptions. This is get more classic than Jameis Winston. You get such Jekyll and Hyde. You're going to get three picks, but you're going to get four touchdowns. He just you know, flails his fucking fat body all over the place. So immobile, but mobile at the same time. I love watching him run. I love watching him fall. He's just so entertaining. It's unbelievable. Uh, but the guy lit it up. He gets another good matchup if he's playing against Detroit here. So he'll be a top five quarterback coming into the week as long as he's playing. He's getting a second opinion on the thumb. Uh, if it's fractured, if he can keep playing with it, all that good stuff. And he's also going to be without Mike Evans, who is very doubtful, according to Bruce Arians, to play uh, against the Lions. He said, Arians, we're going to let it bleed out. He's a quick healer, uh, but he still seems very doubtful for this week. And earlier in the day, Arians had said, you know, he's doubtful to return this year. I'd be shocked, was the exact quote, if Mike makes it back before the last week. So, you got to expect to be without Evans probably for the rest of the season. I guess you stash him just in case you make it to Week 16 because, again, that is a juicy calendar for both these guys. But in Evans' absence, Justin Watson becomes locked into three wide receiver sets. Obviously, Godwin you know, became a mo- He's already a target hog, even more so against Detroit. You know, Probably the top wide receiver play of the week with no Evans there. Should get about 15 looks and light them up. I'm praying for it. At least we'll draw Slay. But you know, in the, those safe confines of the slot maybe avoid slay a little bit and slay can slay can be beat he's not anything overly special uh, but winston they're optimistic but definitely one to track this week Another guy to note, Rashad Penny, torn ACL, just as he starts getting out some steam, averaging an electric 5.7 yards per carry, and especially good these last few weeks, he gets knocked out with a torn ACL, uh, so uh, my condolences to that guy, I know you're tuned in, Rashad, uh, sorry, though, no, it sucks, um, right when the backfield becomes, you know, that Saints of old, the Ingram Kamara, one-two monster punch, where you can use them both, 
he goes and tears his ACL. I guess for fantasy purposes, though, if you're a Carson owner, you have to be, it sucks. You don't want to root for injury, but you're pumped because uh, now he's locked in to the featured back duties we had become accustomed to. He already was getting 20 plus touches, even with Penny in there. Now you're looking at 25 to 30 against the most generous run defense, the Carolina Panthers, giving up the most points to running backs, nearly two touchdowns per game. God, if you are facing Carson, as I am coming up this week, God bless you. The guy is going to beast mode uh, this pathetic, pathetic Panthers defense as the only feature back there. Uh, So be nervous. If you're facing Carson, if you have him, be thankful for the the week 15 just monster he's about to put up without Rashad Penny there. Another running back knocked out there, Darius Geis. Already ruled out for this week with an MCL injury. I would be shocked, to be honest, if we see this guy again. Uh, if you know, so not a big fan uh, of Adrian Peterson this week facing a tough Eagles line. I might even pivot to Thompson, who we mentioned seven catches, forty-eight yards. So it's very serviceable PPR day. That's how they're going to have to attack the Eagles if they're going to get anything going. And then uh, last but not least, a couple receivers of note here Devonte parker concussion uh he might have fucked you this week right as you get used to you know 25 30 points a week from the guy he goes and gets hurt gets knocked out of the game absolutely blows um it, the most inopportune timing for a guy that really seemed to be that post hype bounce back i mean he was he doesn't seem like it he was you know insane turnaround for a guy that nobody really could have predicted uh if he gets back, you're getting a Giants matchup. You're going to have him in your lineup, second most points to wide receivers. But it is a short week. The team has nothing to play for, so I don't know if they're going to force him back in following that concussion. Um, and a couple other injuries too. DJ Chark. I know Giuseppe, you were asking about him earlier. He is week to week labeled by Doug Marone. He was in a protective boot leaving the game on Sunday. My guess is this is the last we've seen of him. 67 catches, 956, and eight TDs. Arguably the best waiver wire pickup of the year. So close to a thousand yards, and maybe will uh, ultimately they they play him just to get him there. But I wouldn't expect it. They got really nothing to go for here. So Chark, if you if you go down, you still have a very great case to win the waiver wire pickup of the year. Uh, you guys feel free to comment in who could contend with him as I start preparing the the rotos the awards down the stretch here. And then also uh, a tight end, Mark Andrews, injury is considered minor. Now they are playing on Thursday. They're 15-point favorite. So even if it's minor, I wouldn't be shocked to see him sit a game, uh, even though, again, should be fine according to Ian Rappaport moving forward. He'd probably be out there Thursday, but the short week, the easy matchup, you got to have a backup plan ready if Mark Andrews is your guy. Um, and, you know, he might have fucked you this week, and maybe you didn't make it anyways. Uh, but again, some of those options we already talked about. Higby, uh, you, you have Noah Fant, you have O.J. Howard, and you have Ian Thomas as some potential replacement plans for you there. Alrighty, guys, that's all I got. So let's get to your questions. There's definitely some key uh, defenders that we wanted to hit. Uh, Richard Sherman, so that 49ers defense loses Sherman, loses D Ford. If you've been using them all year, they got negative two for you. The defensive special teams, it might be time to find a replacement plan with the, the explosive Atlanta Falcons, who can give up sacks and picks and all that, but with two of their key parts out, I'd be nervous about the 49ers. Chicago, uh, Roquan Smith losing their number one linebacker. They were already pretty generous to running backs right in the middle of the pack, 14th most points. It could be even more generous now down the stretch here with Aaron Jones coming to town after you know his blow-up game. This is only going to help his outlook for the playoffs. Uh, so just a couple key defenders there as well in terms of injuries. So Omar asking, would you trust Mitch Trubisky the rest of the playoffs? I hope to God not. Uh, it's you know he's looked great these last few, fresh off a thirty-point day. But you just as soon as you trust Trubisky, that's the type of guy that's gonna fuck you. Right up the end. See, I just fucking, I could never trust Trubisky. As you can hear my anger as I start to even talk about him. So no, Omar, I I can't trust Trubisky. I apologize. I wish I could give you the vote of confidence. Let me know who your other quarterback is. So, you know, but no, probably not trusting Trubisky. Um, And not over Mahomes. I I get Mahomes is scary. Uh, And then, yeah, exactly. He scares me too. I'm totally with you, Omar. 
but I, I wouldn't put Trubisky in for him. Drop Rojo for Mostert? Yes, Patrick James. Are you kidding me? Get that immediately. Don't even you know second-guess that. Jose Vega, hope Eli goes off so Wentz has to throw to Ertz. I'm with you. I want everyone that tunes in to get what they need, but I cannot see Eli going off. We'll find out. We'll find, you know, maybe this last ride in the sunset, he'll be extra motivated to throw some bombs. We'll see. Uh I wish I grabbed Mostert instead of Penny. I uh, At the time, Penny was definitely the play, Robert. You can't hold that one over your own head uh, too much. But yes, Mostert definitely was the play. He's the one that's looking like he could be the true stretch run hero. So Patrick, definitely get the fuck rid of Rojo. I told you last week to drop this guy. And do I think Jared Cook plays the concussion? Oh, that's tough. You definitely have to have one of those backup plans, those four guys we already mentioned, uh, being Higby, Fant, Ian Thomas, uh, definitely probably out there, and O.J. Howard, some options for you, Patrick James, just in case he doesn't. But, you know, gut call, yeah, I think he does. I think he suits up. Um, Cook typically doesn't let these things type linger. Alrighty, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the the second and last edition of our uh, week four, uh, you know, our Monday market check. We recap all the action, your risers, fallers, your waiver wires, and your injuries. I hope it's been helpful for you all year, Wolfpack. I hope you're still in your semis. Let's get it the fuck going, guys. We got to get the titles. It's been great all year, but it's time to keep it rolling. This was awesome. 43 comments. 60. You guys are great to interact. You're taking your time out on a Monday, right before Monday Night Football. It means the world that you're willing to spend it with me. Uh, so thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow right around 5.30 for your Week 15 semifinals ranking show. Let's get it in. Let's get it done, folks. Best of luck if you need whatever you need tonight. Let's get Ertz going for you. Let's get, uh, you know, Wentz going for, you know, uh, Omar. You needed Wentz, Alshon. Let's let that connection hook it up. And Philly's defense, whoever the fuck that was, right? Robert, if you could somehow pull out that miracle, I would love it for you. Uh, But best of luck what you need tonight. And let's get it all ready for the the semifinals moving forward. Thanks again, guys, for all the support always. Uh, RoyalStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves and the fantasy fullback dive. If you're listening to the podcast, we paved your path to 2019 titles. We got to get that win. Let's go, Wolfpack. I'm out. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.